You're listening to an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM740. Buckle up, everyone. It's time to get this show on the road. Time for Dave's Corner Garage, your Saturday morning joyride on Zoomer Radio. Got a car question for Dave or Alan? Call now, 416-360-0740. Or toll free at 1-866-740-4740. Okay, Al, go ahead and hit it! Saturday morning, maybe a little bit of rainy out there, but uh, if you've got your radio and you got your blanket, I think you should be all okay. We've got a great show lineup for you today. We have John Carmichael, who is the registrar of OMVIC. And OMVIC is the uh, actually controller of the automobile business. Uh, they are the government, um, I guess, authority that operates the car dealers, buying used cars, new cars, and trying to get rid of curbsiders. So we're going to be talking about all kinds of issues with the head of OMVIC. Uh, Mark John Carmichael. Mark Anderson from Wrench Spinner is going to join us. Mark is a well-known mechanic, actually was my apprentice like 30 years ago. And we're going to talk about the upcoming summer and the heat and how it affects your car. Al, you get a lot of cars coming in that are overheating? As a matter of fact, we had a BMW in left on our lot Thursday night because it was like percolating, you know, like the old style coffee maker. Yeah. Yeah. Do you remember when we used to change thermostats? Well, yeah, we used to seasonally, way back when, you know, you'd put a colder one in or even take the one out for the summertime, and you'd put one back in for the wintertime because you wanted the engine to run a little bit warmer so that you'd have heat in the car. Unless you had a Volkswagen Beetle, then you never had heat in the car. All you had was a burning left foot, right? You ever, have, the, you ever have a VW, Dave? You had that plastic shield on the windshield because it got steamed up inside the car. Yeah, the only car that you needed the defroster on the inside rather than the outside, you know. So you, or you, we used to scrape our windows on the inside, as a matter of fact. <laughs> it's so true. Wear a pair of mittens and a ski to hat. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So, yeah, Mark's going to talk about how to keep your car, you know, especially, you know, nowadays people are keeping cars longer and longer and longer, and, and they don't realize that things start to deteriorate, whether it's hoses or belts and things like that. So Mark's going to talk about that. Dave? Yeah, interesting stuff. We're also going to talk about things that piss mechanics off. I mean, there's there's things that happen to us in our industry that really, you know, bother us, but we can't say anything because we're nice people. Well, and sometimes it's the manufacturer's fault. Sometimes it's the car owner's fault, right? So we'll talk about that. Uh, just a quick reminder that we have a contest going on. Uh, CAA has been kind enough to give us a CAA Plus membership, and that's good for a year. So all you have to do is go to davescornergarage.com, and you can enter. Uh, this contest is doing as well as the last contest. We've got quite a few people entering, but your chances are still way better than winning the lottery. So that's going to be interesting. And then we're going to talk about the right to repair is sort of raising its head in the U.S. Uh, we've got it done here in Canada, so we could talk about our Canadian experience, but the Americans are starting to look at the right to repair because of all the vehicles that are out there, and if the dealerships are the only place that you can fix them, uh, they're just not going to be time to get them all done because there's just not enough dealerships. That's right. Alan? We're going to continue on about uh, how to piss people off, especially your mechanic, eh? 
Yeah, exactly. So we're gonna do when we come back. We're gonna talk about the right to repair. An interesting story about a Tesla, and uh, just again a reminder that we have this contest going on. It is a CAA Plus membership, probably worth a couple of hundred bucks. And uh, all you have to do is go to davescornergarage.com to enter. And Alan will bring us back in about three minutes. Welcome back, everybody. My name is Alan Gelman. I'm from Glen Allen Motors up in Downsview. And if you're in the neighborhood, by all means, drop by, say hi, and uh, we can have a coffee and shoot the breeze. Speaking of shooting the breeze, we got Dave on the other line here. Dave, how's yeah. things at the lake? Well, I got to tell you that it's really nice. The lake is calm, and uh, I have a lot of work to do with this house. I've been a carpenter every weekend. <laughs> you changed well, trades. You're like you're not a mechanic <laughs> anymore. So you changed. You, you, you traded in the ball peen hammer for a claw hammer. Is that right? You know what the reality is? Mechanics make lousy carpenters because we build everything so overbuilt. Because we never, <laughs> it's not the same technology. They put in two nails, I put in five. You know, it's like it's really different. So let's talk about something that was in the news lately. A fellow owns a Tesla Model 3, which is one of the hottest cars out there. I mean, that's it's, it's one of the, um, I guess, quiche cars that the people are buying. And the Tesla went over one of those uh, bumps or road hazard and knocked off a plastic um, nipple on the battery. In other words, the batteries are, are water-cooled or chemically cooled, mm -hmm. and he knocked off this nipple, and all the fluid came out, and he took it back to Tesla for repairs. Tesla says, we can't replace the nipple. We have to replace the battery, and it comes to $16,000. Is that all? That was it. Sixteen thousand plus tax. <laughs> now, so he ends up going to a private mechanic, who figures out all he had to do was retap the nipple, put in a, a, a brass one, reconnect the hoses, refluid the car, and the whole bill came to less than seven hundred bucks. And this started a, a war in the fact that they're starting to look at the right to repair. In other words, private garages repairing modern automobiles with information supplied by the manufacturer and we have that already here in canada go ahead al yeah well we've had it back in the 80s you know when cars first started computerizing uh the the manufacturers didn't want to give that information out to the scan tool companies you know like snap-on and other companies that yes. use they wanted to build scan tools so we could you know access the info in the computer but the manufacturers were were, were hesitant they didn't want to give that information out because they really wanted to keep the business all to themselves eh? they wanted everybody should be forced to go back to the dealer well in the states manufacturers uh, the, the people got ticked off uh, and they said no you can't you can't force us like if, if you you can sell us the car and if we want to come back to you for service we we would but you can't force us to so what they did was they made the manufacturer give up a lot of that information now, so what they gave up was anything that was related to emissions, all right? So you're talking about um, uh, tune-up stuff, engine stuff. But at the same time, they kept other material and wouldn't let it out. So, example, we couldn't get airbag information, um, you know, things like that. So they made it quite difficult. But over the years, you know, the people who, who you know, have been lobbying the government, they know how to do it, and they're doing it again because, you know, cars are changing so often, eh, Dave? 
It's unbelievable. I have a BMW built Toyota, and it is so complicated. There's like 16 different screens to set the car up. You know, do you want the car to stop when you open the door? Do you want the brakes to come on if you're too close to the car behind you? There's so many different variables, and there's no way that anybody can ever service this thing other than the Toyota dealer. Well, this is why, you know, I mean, so many times people would come in and say, could you turn the idle up a bit? Because it feels like Mm -hmm. it's going to... There's no screw to turn anymore, okay? No. No, no, no. You have to access the computer. You have to do a relearn in some cases, but, but you have to be able to. Otherwise, as you say, you're forced to go back to the dealer. You know, getting back to the Tesla, just a quick question. You know, if, if a guy ran into a hazard while he was driving, couldn't he have just gone to the insurance company and wouldn't they have handled it? I have no idea. I imagine so, but maybe in this case, uh, you know, you never know if these guys have insurance. But the reality was, I'll give you an example, which is really weird. Um, I'm learning about my car, and if the battery goes dead, and I go in the back of the car and I recharge the battery, Mm -hmm. I now have to go back to the dealership and have them reset the battery. In other words, the battery will always come up as dead battery, even though it's charged, until they put their scan tool on it and reset the battery. Well, talk That's about how complicated it is. Oh, I know, and they keep this information to themselves. My wife had that, uh, or I shouldn't, I shouldn't say, my wife had a flat, and it, the light came on the dashboard and said, you have a flat tire, duh. Um, so I put a new tire on the car and made sure the pressure was right, and it kept kept the same sign up and as mm-hmm. and I so I called the dealer and I said what's the deal they said oh you have to bring the car to us so we can shut off the flat tire light I said that's stupid give me a break eh yeah and and, and that time I did but uh, finally 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 after a lot of pressure the mechan- the the manufacturer did give out that information so if you have the right scan tool in fact we've got a vehicle right now it's it's we just finished doing a jeep and they said, oh, just buy this part for the ABS. You just plug it in, and it'll work. Well, guess what? Didn't work. And we tried to access it with our scan tool. It didn't work. We went to a, a garage, another that deal that, that we're friends with. He tried his scan tool. He was able to access it, but still couldn't reprogram it. So this is really quite a, you know, a mess. And it's not just a mess. It's expensive for the owner. And here's another thing. The data, my car is spreading data out on the Internet because I got an email the other day where one of my tires was low. I pumped it up. It went low again. And I got another email that says, you know, you left rear tires low. So I brought it to you. You fixed the tire. And then the email came, all tires are now in good condition. How do they know that if my car wasn't broadcasting all its data to GM? They're, they're at the, because that's exactly what they're doing now. Uh, we had that with a Ford just recently where we called the Ford dealer because we, we, we went to order, figure out why we couldn't get a light bulb to work. And they said, well, there's no yeah. replaceable light bulbs in the taillight assembly. So we called there and they said, yeah, you have to buy an entire light assembly. I said, just for one friggin' brake light? That's stupid, right? And they said, well, that's the way it's made. And oh, by the way... Uh, you only have about a quarter of fuel left in your tank, so tell the driver that he better pull into the gas station. Went, Isn't it amazing? Whoa, Big Brother's watching everything. Well, I think that what the reality is they they take this data and they sell it. Mm-hmm. I mean, they say uh, Dave drives a Cadillac and Dave has a Toyota, so he's right because his Cadillac is running out of uh, the lease. So I've had two phone calls from GM already asking if I want to buy a new car. 
Well, I can imagine, you know, if, if they're looking to just protect themselves. So, for example, you know, you've, you've ignored the fact that you need an oil change or, in fact, you're, maybe your oil is very low. And they're going, okay, well, we're giving you a warranty on your engine. If you're not going to keep up your end of the bargain, how do you expect us to do stuff for free for you, right? Yeah, I agree. I agree. And they're trying to bring them back to the dealerships because they, uh, they dealerships, the service departments are carrying a lot of the load. Uh, which the sales department uh, can't do. All right. So, Interesting stuff. So do you feel a little bit better now that you've got it off your chest? No, i got more to talk about, about <laughs> things that piss mechanics off. So let's <laughs> talk about that <laughs> when we come back. All right. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Good morning. Welcome back to Dave's Corner Garage. It's a little drizzly out there today, you know, and if if you're not taking that pride hobby car of yours out, the one that you love, then check online because you can save some insurance, save some money on your insurance, I should say. Uh, Go to Dave's Corner Garage, go to haggerty.ca forward slash DCG and find out how you can save some money on that precious ride of yours. Dave, you got some special cars, don't you? Yeah, I got a couple of them, but uh, I was surprised. But you don't, you don't, but you don't pay the full bore for cars that you only drive for three months at a time, right? Well, the trouble is, I maybe maybe I take it out twice <laughs> in a year. <laughs> That's the truth. There you go. So, so um, the Ferrari like was sixty eight bucks. <laughs> that- I, I mean, I. And uh, I don't even take I take it out twice a year just to make sure that it runs and and put it back. So that, that won't even uh, yeah, pay to fill up. That won't even fill up the gas tank. Sixty eight dollars. No, it's it's got a big tank. So this is an article that we're we it was written by Bruce Eccles. Uh, he's the founder of Eccles Auto Service in Dundas. Can we still say Dundas? I'm not sure. Um, with all the controversy that's going on. Anyways, he's talking about things that bother him, and the major thing that bothers him is that people lose the key to the key locks on their wheels. In other words, they have these special nuts with a special coat on them and you need a special socket and the people misplace the socket and now they have an issue in removing the wheel assembly. I think the re- how this starts in the first place is people don't even realize that they have wheel nuts, or not wheel nuts, but they have wheel locks yeah. on their vehicles because it's they're not put on at the manufacturing level, they're put on at the dealer level. And I, I think really in a lot of cases it's an upsell. Um, now, it would be okay if when they delivered the car to you, if how they used to in the olden days, they'd say, okay, here's where you put in the key, here's where you put in the gas. And by mm-hmm. the way, there's a special security device on your car to stop people from stealing your wheels and tires. And here's the lock. Uh, don't ever lose it. Make sure you put it in a safe place because, they've. I mean, you know, you were in the business for so many years. The worst thing is when you say to somebody, where is your wheel lock? And they go, Huh? What's what's a wheel lock? <laughs> exactly right. And then to get them off, it's a real it's a it's a real problem to get them off. Exactly, it's quite the chore. And, and in a lot of cases, you can you either ruin the lock, and then you've got to put regular nuts on or buy a new lock set. Or in a worst case, you can actually damage the wheel rim itself. You know, when you're talking about alloy wheels, uh, you just miss once with the the power wrench, and next thing you know, you got a damaged wheel. So it's a pain in the butt. As a matter of fact, in my shop. Um, we put signs up that, that, that say, please, when you come in, look for your wheel lock. Make sure you tell us where it is because we don't want to waste time. How often, you know, same thing. You know, you look in the glove box because that would be the most obvious place. It's not there. So then you open the trunk and you go, 
Jesus Christ, look at all the junk in that trunk. And, and you got to start unloading Buddy's trunk. You got to take out the golf clubs. You got to take out the dog food and all the crap to get to the spare tire. And the worst case is you get there, guess what? You, and it's not there. It's not there. Oh, so like I say, we, we, we've made signs up. So if uh, have a look at the nuts on your wheels. There you go. If they don't all look the same, <laughs> if one of these things is not like the other, the that other. means you got a wheel lock. <laughs> all right. <laughs> After the break, we're going to speak to John Carmichael. He's from Omvik. He's like Canada's own uh, Bob Barker. And I'm going to explain that when we get right back. <laughs> this is Dave's Corner Garage. I just don't want to hear. All right, we're back. Uh, for those of you that watch daytime TV for many, many years, remember there was a guy named Bob Barker? Well, what did mm -hmm. he host? He hosted the show that was called, you know, Dave, what was it? The Price is Right. Right, and exactly. You to neuter your dog. <laughs> well, we've got Canada's very own Bob Barker, I should say. I, let, I consider that a compliment. Uh, John Carmichael is here. Dave, take it away. Well, yeah, Ontario Motor Vehicle Industry Council is the official regulator of the car industry in Ontario, and John Carmichael is the registrar of that group. Good morning, John. How are you? Good morning. How are you? I'm good, Dave. Yeah, uh, good. <laughs> I've never been an inter, uh, in, uh, uh, introduced as a uh, Bob Barker before. Well, that's because we're going to talk about making sure that the price is right. As it should be. There you go. Okay, how do you do that? Well, the, the first step is that uh, we regulate the legislation, which is uh, which calls for all-in pricing, which means all prices on in a dealer's ad must be included a, uh, and visible transparently uh, uh, in a uh, clear uh, and precise manner and visible. And, um, and it's all-in pricing. Everything is uh, included with the exception of HST and the cost of a license. So even the OMVIC fee, our fee, has to be included in the price of that vehicle. And one of the things we do to encourage uh, consumers is take a picture of that ad when you see it so that when you find the car you want, you see the vehicle that's right for you and your family, take, it to, take a picture of it on your uh, phone, take it to your dealer and show them that that's the car, that's the price, that's what I'm looking for. John, I have a question. The the contract is a complicated piece of paper. It's got charges. Yeah. You know, there's there's PDI charges and shipping charges, and you know, uh, packages of this, that, and the other. Does it all have to add up to that number, or does is it a price of a car and there's extra charges on top of that? Uh, Dave, no extra charges on top of that. It it has to add up under the uh, in the total price on the bill of sale. And yes, it is complicated. So. Uh, just another tip: uh, take your time, read both sides of the contract, know what your what your uh, transaction is calling for, and uh, you're making the second biggest purchase in your life uh, outside of your home. And so, we encourage people: just take your time, read through the contract, make sure you know what's in there. But yes, everything has to be below the line. The only extras, the only extras, are HST and license and in fact um I, I dealt with probably a half a dozen of these issues this week where there are administration charges there are um uh, other charges that are extras on top of the uh, license and that is not allowed it's illegal uh 
and we will challenge dealers on that if it happens. And if a guy has a trade-in, that makes it even more complicated. Yeah, listen, it's it's not an easy world. Uh, you, you There are a lot of issues around picking the right car and making sure you've got the car that's right for you, fitting your budget, and then you trade the car. And, uh, and that car has to come off the price of the vehicle, and you want to make sure that it's all in there and, uh, and below the line. Mm-hmm. Keeping in mind, the only uh, taxes you pay then are on the difference, unless there's a payout of a lien or something to that effect. I wonder, John, question, you know, cars, supply of cars is not really good right now. You know, uh, the manufacturers have not been producing cars because of the chip shortage. Have you seen anybody try to pull a stunt where they're surcharging for vehicles because of that? Uh, I haven't run into that at all, um, Steve. I, I, I've just, uh, or Al, rather, sorry. Um, I, uh, I, I know the shortage is a critical issue. Uh, it's the microchip issue that has caused both new and used vehicles to, to be very volatile in the industry. Uh, used vehicle prices are skyrocketing, as you know, and uh, new vehicles simply aren't available. So uh, it, make sure you know what you're pricing. And, uh, and if, if now isn't the time, take your time. But there is a pent-up demand for vehicles. And it, it, the, the market is buoyant, so if you find the one you want, make your purchase. Just do it uh, from an informed perspective. Dave? Uh, one of the things that you mentioned was uh, liens on a vehicle. Apparently, mm-hmm. there's a quite a, quite a, a pandemic. <laughs> In the fact that a lot of cars are running out there with money owing on them. Well, this is a, this is a problem. Um, when you're buying a vehicle, uh, typically, uh, liens will have been cleared. However, I, I dealt with a situation this week that was uh, an absolute horror story. A, a, an individual bought a car privately uh, from a, a, a seemingly respectable seller uh, and didn't uh, run a lien check and didn't get the UVIP or the Carfax oh, and wow. ended up uh, down the road with um, a lien that hadn't been paid. The interest on it hadn't been paid by, uh, by the previous owner. And guess what? The bank shows up to repossess it. Uh, the other side is when you're selling a car and trading it in, for example, or, or just outright selling it to a dealer, don't leave the dealership without knowing that that lien has been cleared. Now, it might take a day or two to uh, for the dealer if he says he's going to take care of that for you. That's not a problem, but make sure it gets done and get your release. Until you get the release, uh, of that lien, it's still alive and active, and you want to be sure that uh, there are no um, um, overhanging uh, debts on that car that could come back at you down the road. And so the the real story here is, if it's not a dealer, if it's a private individual, you're leaving yourself uh, wide open. Well, yes, you are. And, and there are two sides to that argument, as you know, Dave. Um, the, the first is, Let's face it, uh, there are private sellers who are very legitimate sellers who sell on one of the uh, platforms that are out there and, and are just looking to uh, sell their vehicle and, and perhaps get a little more money for it than they would if they traded it through a dealer, mm-hmm. which can't happen. So you, you've got to know who you're buying from. There are also curbsiders out there who are illegal dealers, unregistered dealers, and that's where OMVIC comes into play. Um, if you're buying from somebody who has, uh, let's say, is on one of the platforms and has multiple vehicles for sale on that platform, they're not a legitimate 
seller. They are uh, they're curbing. They're they're illegal dealers, and you don't want to be participating in a purchase from that individual. Uh, when you're uh, when you're buying a car today, make sure you know who you're buying from it. Get a look at the ownership of the vehicle. Uh, does it show the individual's name and address? Um, are you getting all of the disclosures? Take the car to your uh, to a, a registered or a qualified technician or your technician to get it inspected. Make sure the mechanical condition is what you're expecting to buy, and that there's no undisclosed body damage or or uh, the car hasn't been in a major accident. So there is vulnerability buying privately. Uh, that's why I encourage everybody to uh, to buy from a registered dealer. Uh, you can check out the dealers on OMVIC at OMVIC.ca. Uh, find out who uh, who's selling the type of vehicles you want to do business, whether they're a new vehicle dealer or an independent and used car dealer, um, and check out the sales rep. They're all listed at the on the OMVIC site. And keep in mind, we also have the Motor Vehicle Dealer Compensation Fund as a safety net for uh, situations where a consumer buys from a dealer and it maybe doesn't work out the way everybody had hoped. And so there's a there's a, a conflict of some sort, and the consumer needs a place to go for help. That's what OMVIC is there for. We are a consumer protection agency, and our compensation fund is there as a backstop for you in the event things haven't worked out. You don't get that support on a private sale. If you buy on a private sale from one of the sites that are out there, uh, you're on your own, and it's buyer beware. And we should also add that it, once you sign on the bottom line, you are committed. It's not that I just signed and, you know, I found something else, so I don't want to take it anymore. Absolutely right. Once a contract is signed, Dave, uh, that contract is solid. It's good. You own the vehicle. Uh, there is no cooling off period in Ontario for purchasing a vehicle. And so uh, make sure, as I, as I said at the beginning, uh, we, we want you to be an informed buyer. Go on OMVIC site. If they, there are other sites like the UCDA or TADA who offer advice on purchasing. Uh, go on our site, though. We have lots of tips to help you become better informed and uh, know what you're buying, know what the transaction is, and, um, and that way uh, let's try and eliminate any potential trouble before you actually sign on that dotted line. How do we get in touch with OMVIC? Uh, you can uh, look us up online at omvic.ca, O-M-V-I-C.ca. Go to our tips section or call us at 1-800-943-6002. We'd be happy to chat with you. John, thank you so much. Have a great day. Al, Dave, thank you. And, do and don't forget to get your pet neutered, eh? Yeah. <laughs> pet neutering week? <laughs> How could you do that? <laughs> All right, this is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be up with Mark Anderson right after the break. Summertime and the living is easy. Yes, it's the oh, hot. <laughs> you like that musical intro there? The hot and steamy <laughs> weather is here for sure, and because of COVID restrictions being lessened, people are taking more road trips. And uh, Dave, take it away. Well, I was going to say that in the heat and the average age of a car on the road is 12 years old. That means that half of them are way older than 12 years and they're going to be running in this heat. So, and I wanted to talk about how do these older vehicles handle the heat? So I asked my friend Mark Anderson to come on. Mark runs a company called Wrench Spinner. 
which is in uh, downtown Toronto. Mark, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Hey, and if it was any better, what would the guy used to say? If it was any sweeter, I'd be sugar. It's <laughs> <laughs> good stuff. So, Mark, older cars, you deal a lot with older cars. How do they handle the heat? I do. Um, more and more people are now hanging on to their cars a lot longer. And uh, what's happening is they've extended the life and the new materials in these cars has helped them last a lot longer. And that's one of the reasons why people are keeping them. But now as we're stretching past, um, like the coolants and stuff, they were saying are good for anywhere. The new manufacturers are saying 10 years for coolant, which I oh. really don't quite really agree with. But um, as we start passing the five-year mark, yeah, we've got to start doing a lot more fluid exchanges, transmission on the ones that aren't sealed, uh, coolant, your engine oil breaks down a lot more in the heat. Um, there's a lot of work that's got to go through it. One of the biggest problems in the heat, and I found probably five or six cars coming in this year, or this week, should I say, is batteries, too. That's right. Uh, every, uh, they, we lose more batteries in the summer than we do in the winter. Yeah, everyone thinks that it's the cold that kills the batteries. In fact, it's not. It's the heat that kills the batteries. Um, it's uh, In fact, every 15 degrees of your ambient outside temperature actually is reduces this battery's capacity by about half. So wow. where you may I have didn't... had a reserve that would last 30 minutes in the middle of winter... It's actually only half of that in the summer. Do we, you know, we, I, I ran into a case in, in just this week, my wife did too. The battery in her key died. And, and, and I was, the car won't work. I mean, the bottom line is you can't open the door, you can't start the car. Yeah. Uh, it's dead. I know. Well, and again, all of these electronic components, uh, they're a lot more susceptible to heat. And now where we've gone from, I guess it's inconvenient to put a key in a door and turn it and everything's gone to electric and the more and more electrical components are on the car, the more susceptible they are to heat and the more we're having failures. Interesting. So, so you know, it's funny because I used to think 2010 was a brand new car. It's 11 years old already. I know. It's hard to think. It's hard to believe. Um where before and even you know the, the the newer technologies and the way things are coming in and you just think wow yeah i remember and now we're getting a <laughs> 2020 cars it's, what happened mark i just want to ask you I, we've put a bunch of trailer hitches on in the last few months you know cuz people they want to go for holidays how is the 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 added the added weight of the t the trailer now going to affect someone's car and is there anything they can do to prevent it well, I mean, the number one thing that's going to be affected by your extra weight in the back and what you've got to pay attention to is your tires and tire pressures. Mm -hmm. um, certainly, and again, with the fluctuation of temperature that we've had, um, tire pressure will fluctuate with heat. So I think it's about uh, 10 degrees Fahrenheit to 1 PSI in the tires. Mm -hmm. um, and the other problem, too, is, and I'm seeing this a lot, is, again, because of the COVID, people aren't using their cars and they're not thinking about swapping the tires out 
And they're still driving around on winters. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that myself. You and I'm going, you don't realize how much. You think, well, I'm not really going that far, but it doesn't take much to destroy these tires. And you just spent a lot of money on these winter tires. They're going to get really noisy and worn down really quick. Um, the other thing with towing is it obviously puts a lot more load on the engine. If you do not have a transmission cooler or a tow package on the vehicle, it's something I would strongly recommend. Um, and again, with the oil and your coolant as well, make sure that they have been changed, that your service is up to date because it's going to put a lot more strain on that engine. You know, people assume Mark, that. Com- you- go ahead, uh, go ahead, Dave. No, no, I was just going to ask how you feel about like some of these cars, like BMW. You only have service once a year. My personal opinion is, I don't, I don't buy it. Um, they're stretching oil changes crazy amounts, and the thing that I find interesting is this trend went back probably about five or six years ago, and. A lot of new car manufacturers were saying, oh, our car's so economical, you only have to come in once a year, the oil changes aren't needed for 12,000 kilometers, and a few of these companies now are running into problems with premature engine failure, transmission failures, and they're kind of backpedaling a little bit, and I'm noticing that a lot of the new maintenance schedules on the newer vehicles coming out now have all of a sudden slowly started to regress back into the old school of thought, and they're reducing the time intervals between these services, which kind of emphasizes what I always thought, that it's really not a smart idea. Uh, I'm running synthetic, and I guarantee I change my oil well before what the recommended period is, and I've got a couple of vehicles that I'm running that are up into the three, four, in fact, one into the 500,000 K mark. Wow. <laughs> Do you have any hours that is behind the wheel? I know. I know. The seat's worn out, and so is my butt. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. But it's interesting because I have a car where I cannot even check the oil. I have to push a button on the dashboard. It increases the idle to 1,500 RPM, and it electronically measures the oil in the stump. I know, which is tough, too, because how are you supposed to pull it out and actually check the condition and the color and everything with the oil, you don't realize. Um, but I can tell you that doing the oil changes on some of these vehicles, and I know exactly the ones you're talking about, um, when the oil comes out, it is really, really dirty. Um, wow. A lot more than I would want. Yeah. Yeah, when, and then, of course, just to check the level afterwards can be a pain. I know there's one Porsche. I have a customer with a Porsche, and I have to drive it for about 20 minutes, and then if you don't do the right procedure, it says, yeah. not, not available, not available, not available. I know. <laughs> and and then they want to know why you can't do an oil change. What do you mean it's going to take you an hour to do an oil change? And you're going to charge me labor on top of it? Don't you make <laughs> enough money on the oil and the filter? <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite. <laughs> Yeah, it is crazy, and 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 then part of the problem is much, and and all all the young people think the computer is going to tell them everything, um, you know, and especially I find it so confusing, especially with Hondas, where it talks about the percentage of oil, and and people think that they're that's talking about the quantity, and I explain it to them that's just the quality of the oil. So in yeah. fact, it could say twenty five percent, and you could have you could have no oil in your car, and yeah. they go, and they don't understand. Can't the, well, doesn't the computer know everything? 
Yeah, and again, yeah. this is just also a predetermined um, what they think the condition of the oil is. So you might have young kid that's tearing up and down the streets and beating their car, and then you've got you know the little old lady that just goes to the grocery store once a week. It's not going to be in the same condition. All right, Mark, we got to run. If people want to make an appointment, how do they get in touch with you? You can give me a call at 416-233-4671 or make an appointment online at the website at wrenchbinner.com. All right, be cool, man. This is Dave's Corner Garage. We'll be right back. Well, the Blue Jays are going to be able to play in Toronto again. And uh, speaking of Blue Jays, uh, we're down to the uh, bottom half of the ninth inning here, Dave. Okay, a couple of things, a couple of news items that we should talk about. Uh, The Ford has recalled... 32,000 explorers in Canada, 775,000 of these things in North America because there's a ball joint in the back of the car which apparently is failing and you can lose control. And I heard this, but four people were hurt. So if you have a Ford Explorer, I would definitely get in touch with Ford and ask them uh, when the recall is affecting your vehicle. We should call Mark up at at Young Steel's. He'll know more about that for sure. And you're going to go, oh, no, more work. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder, is it corrosion? What's causing it? Do you know? Uh, usually faulty manufacturing. Usually that's the case. Okay. And I think what happens is they go back to the manufacturer and they get them to replace the part. So we talk about that. Here's an interesting one. The Ford Mars Mustang Mach-E. I remember when this came out and I go, but apparently this thing is really selling because in June it outsold the gasoline-powered Mustang uh, about about six hundred vehicles. Wow! I wonder how. Now, at the same time, do they have enough microchips to make these cars? Well, that's it. Ford is said a lot of the manufacturers are closing up. They just don't have any chips, and so why pay the people? So they're sending them home. And I've heard cases where it's mid-August before they'll reopen. Actually, I, so I, I, I read an article, too, about Ford. They're talking about they've actually been assembling Ford F-150s because it's the hottest-selling vehicle, but they're not yes. complete. Now, the problem now is that they're actually running out of parking space at the manufacturing facilities. So now they're yeah. looking into shipping vehicles to the dealerships and having the dealerships finish putting a vehicle together once they get the parts. That's going to be crazy. Right, just to get it off their properties because they've got so many that they're making, but they have no no way of moving them out. Now, I wonder, too, if these these uh, the chips that are missing affect whether the car will run or not. Can you imagine trying to tow or push cars up and down off a trailer? Well, no. Um, these chips are things like it shuts the engine off when you come to a stop sign mm-hmm. or it's some of the options that uh, you've ordered but you're not going to get. Uh, GM has gone the other way. They've delivered vehicles incomplete uh-huh. and asking you to come back when the parts are available. Well, that's so okay if it's just a na- right, but and that's fine if it's a navigation thing or just for your radio. But I mean, obviously, mm-hmm. if it's if it's a functionality thing, then they can't do that. Yeah, there's a last thing I was talking about is Chevy Bolt, mm-hmm. uh, the GM electric car. They're asking you not to park it inside your house and not to charge it overnight. You're supposed to charge it and put it back on the street because they're catching fire. Whoa. And uh, they had one recall in November. Uh, but apparently that didn't work, and now they're doing a second recall. It's a programming problem, and um, not to affect. I'm sure when EVs become more popular, there's going to be more of these issues of, of vehicles catching fire, um, you know, because it's a lot of energy in that battery, and uh, maybe if it doesn't shut off, it overheats, and uh, there goes the car. 
Well, you know, and as as well, and this is where it's important that if you if you've got a relatively new car, uh, maybe you bought it used, you're not sure if the manufacturer has your information. You want to know about recalls and updates. You know, they're free. The dealer will take care of it for you, and they in, in a lot of cases they're safety or they're very important things to have done. So go to the manufacturer's website. Check, but just all you have to do is punch in your serial number, and you can find out if there's any outstanding. Uh, what do they call it? outstanding campaigns? I think that's what they call yes. it. Yes. And they're not a bad thing. I think it's just a product update, and they're 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 expensive for the manufacturer. So um, take it seriously, right? All right, and I want to thank uh, Canada's own Bob Barker. <laughs> the price <laughs> is right. John Carmichael, thank you for coming on. He's from Omvic, and making sure that the price is right when you get to the dealership. All in pricing. Take a picture of the ad. Go and see the dealer. It should be the same. And I want to thank Mark Sachs from Wrench Spinners. Uh, Take heed to what he talked about. If you think you're going to be towing a trailer or something, get the cooling system checked out. Make sure you have that all good and well. Dave, what's going on? Have a great weekend. Enjoy yourself. And we'll see you back here next week. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye-bye. This has been an exclusive podcast of Dave's Corner Garage. Heard every Saturday morning from 10 to 11 on Zoomer Radio, the new AM 740.